Hey, Washington, D.C., spring is almost here, and now's the perfect time to get a healthy, pest-free lawn with your local experts at True Green, America's number one lawn care company. True Green's science-based approach will help give your lawn the year-round care it needs to be thick and weed-free. Go to TrueGreen.com radio to save 50% on your first service. Just call 877-461-0681 or go to TrueGreen.com radio today and get a lawn to be proud of. You're listening to the Super Sports Flash Podcast. Version of episode 14. Woohoo, we made it. Uh, Matt's back this time. He was, yeah, we decided we needed Matt early. We needed Matt to carry the load because me and Tyler couldn't carry it much longer. Come on, man. Yeah, Rick's already sore. Don't put this weight on me. <laughs> um, I look like a little, I look like a, a pro gamer with my gamer headset right now because my yeah, other microphone official. wasn't working. Yeah, and you, you but spiked head, you got like the spiked hair too, you know. That's just my hair. Um, (laughs) So this week we decided with the college football championships, not the national championship, mind you, but the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, et cetera. Sorry, Pac-12 and the other Power Five conference I forgot to name. Um, (laughs) But we were going to talk about some of the championship games. First, though, we should talk about some of the surprise rankings in the college football playoffs because – People were really mad about some of them. I know Cincinnati yeah. was the biggest one, right? They, they're still undefeated, and they ended up dropping in the rankings yeah, after yeah. Florida lost. One or two, I think. Like, they got put below a team that lost, which doesn't make a lot – they lost to an unranked LSU, Florida did. And it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense what they did there. I mean, obviously, if you like look at the two teams, you can make an argument that Florida's probably better. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, you can't argue with a record. So – yeah, it's just also Florida was another team that we, we uh, were going to bring up, and we'll just kind of rope them together right now because they uh, Florida ended up losing to unranked LSU. Three points, mind you. It's the weirdest LSU? loss. I hated that. Um, <laughs> honestly, the weirdest loss I've ever seen. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone lose a game because of a shoe. It's, it's great. Like last year we had the Egg Bowl where like the guy fake peed in the end zone and then – this year we have the guy tossing his shoe. The SEC is amazing, but full of surprises. <laughs> Florida lost, given their second loss. They dropped one spot to seven. Yeah. So it just doesn't make much sense to me how you can rank Florida at seven, and then um, we'll talk about a little bit. Iowa State gets bumped up to six, takes Florida spot, and then you have undefeated Cincinnati who's playing in the conference championship this weekend against Tulsa and they're they keep dropping after not losing any games. Like I don't understand why you're punishing them. In my opinion, Florida should be like nine or ten. I mean they should suffer. I mean it's not like they lost to a team who was ranked or a team that had a decent record. This is an LSU team who is absolutely terrible. 
I mean, they can, they lost all the guys at the beginning of the year, all the coaches, mm-hmm. and they continue to have just about anybody who was an upperclassman mm-hmm. opted out. I mean, Max Johnson played a great game for them, but I just, He's a true freshman. Yeah, how do you lose to a true freshman when you're a team that's quote unquote um, like competing for a playoff spot? Yeah, it's it's interesting right now. Um, they they didn't have Kyle Pitts to be fair, but you know Kyle Trask also he did just enough to keep the Mac Jones for Heisman train going. I think. And by just enough, I mean he had two interceptions, including a pick six and a fumble lost. And then his stats ended up looking good because in the second half he started playing really well again. But I'm surprised he didn't just kind of tear LSU apart. He kind of struggled more than I've seen him struggle in any game at all this year. This kind of poses the question now. It's, is Kyle Pitts that good? Because Kyle Trask has been looking good all year. He's been throwing to all these kinds of receivers, but – is this small, lanky tight end actually legitimate? Like, obviously, everyone knows, yeah, he's really good. He's fast, he's tall, he's lanky, and he plays tight end. He can kind of block, but that boy can move. Is he attracting that kind of attention well, from from defenses and secondaries? Well, I put this question on Twitter today, and since we're you know talking about it now, we can discuss it. Is is Kyle Pitts an actually is he a tight end? Because to me, he's kind of like a wide receiver playing the tight end position. I mean, he's, he's, he's tall, he's lanky, but he doesn't weigh that much. And I guess he's not your traditional tight end, which in the NFL nowadays, you have guys like George Kittle and Travis Telsey, but even those guys can block. Whereas yeah. I'm not so sure. Pitt George Kittle block. loves blocking. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey are two of like the best blocking tight ends in the league. And I think that Kyle Pitts is a really interesting prospect, but Forgive me if I'm wrong. Like, what other purely receiving tight ends are actually worth a top, you know, top pick in the NFL this year? Like, Evan Ingram has been okay. He's struggled at times, hasn't been great. Eric Ebron is super inconsistent. Noah Font looks like he could be pretty good, but I mean, he's young and hurt. He's he's also he's injury prone, and man, oh man, does he love to drop a pass. Yeah, and you would know firsthand for those that uh, don't know. Our, our good friend Matthew is a Broncos fan. And but... the pain always stays. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are people I'm... projecting Pitts to be like a top 10, top 15 pick, and I just don't understand that. I guess maybe it's just recency bias with how he's been performing. And, you know, every year there's a couple of players that have like the hot hand that everybody wants to draft. And I just, with him, I would – be comfortable drafting him maybe towards the end of the first round, early second, but yeah. just drafting a an undersized tight end who like is just a little slow to play. Like, I don't, he's not he's not terribly fast. So if he's not a tight end and he's not fast with the receiver, he's just kind of like in between. Well, to be fair, the last tight end that was picked in like the top ten, right, was TJ Hawkinson. TJ nine. <laughs> That's true. I think or was it eight? Um, I think it's well. It's, I think it was eight. Anyway, my point is, I think Kyle Pitts this year has been more impressive than TJ Hawkinson was in college, purely from like a puts up numbers standpoint. But again, like being able to block is huge in the NFL, and Hawkinson was like, that was what he did. Yeah, he can block a little bit. Now, my point that I want to make here is that Kyle Pitts is different than any tight end we really have seen before because. You hear about all these, you know, rumbling, bumbling tight ends like for, like Travis Kelsey. He leads the league in receiving yards right now, but he's a tank. 
we haven't seen well, personally i haven't seen a like a tight end this skinny this lanky this i think he's low-key shifty too he is yeah we come out of college he's a threat that we've never seen before which kind of fits this evolving tight end position it adds more verticality to the game and we saw in his absence kyle trask did not look as good as he normally does so you know, positionless basketball is a thing in the NBA, so I'm, we should move more towards positionless football as well. Just, you know, get a big guy out there and put him a tight end. I'm sure he'd be fine. Big and tall. Um, let's see there's some other games. Before we talk about the championship games, number five, Texas A&M is playing Tennessee. Should be kind of interesting. Texas A&M hasn't really wowed me this year. Next year, like, they're, they're supposed to be pretty good. They have a really good recruiting class. But that was also Texas A&M last year was next year they were supposed to be good. And they are number five, so don't get me wrong. They are good. But, like, besides the win against Florida, they really haven't impressed me at all. I don't know. I don't know, man. (laughs) It's it's... Kellen Mond. They got blown out by Alabama. And then what their marquee win was against Florida, who just lost lost LSU. LSU. So I how mean, how like, really good how good is that win if you look at it now? Florida lost to LSU on a freak incident where a guy grabbed a shoe and chucked it without their best receiver. Texas A and M beat Florida with their best guy out there because Kyle Pitts is like kind of the defining factor of that team. Everyone, all the attention's around Kyle Trask, but it's Kyle Pitts. If you ask me, that's making that team churn. It's making that well, offense roll. It's making you know it adds two touchdowns a game to Trask's. Like stats. Yeah, that's true. It's fair, but also they beat a Florida team who, yes, they only have two losses, but also they just gave up 37 to unranked LSU. Not even lost to them. They just gave up 37 on them. So I think as long as you can play like a little bit of defense, their Florida's defense is really bad. And when they do make a stop, they just give you the first down anyway. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't about the the win or loss for me. It was just the fact that they played. Florida as close as they played. I mean, let's say the shoe incident doesn't happen and Florida goes on to win that game. I'm still very concerned with Florida, and I sure as hell wouldn't be putting them in the playoff after that. Yeah. Now, I will go ahead and play a little bit of the devil's advocate on this one because I am a little bit of a fan of Kellen Mond. I like Kellen Mond. He's a big quarterback. He can take a hit. He's he reminds me of a discount version of Jalen Hurts. Like he's a big guy and he runs stiff, but he's fast. When he decides to take off, he's gone. He's got a cannon. You know, he could zip the ball anywhere he needs to. I like Kellen Mond, and I also um Texas AM always has at least some decent receivers. So I I wouldn't shun them quite yet. I think that if there is another team that deserves to get in with the rankings we've been given yeah. <laughs> currently, then you could argue for them. You can't argue, you know, certain teams. Like, you know, for instance, you could argue Cincinnati deserves to be on, uh, in there. You could argue that the Chanticleers deserve to be in there too. Yeah. That's an important one. Coastal Carolinas look good this year. But Coach just signed a big overall. Yeah, I mean, overall – I think the Texas A&M, yeah, sure, they, they lost or they, they, their marquee win is a Florida victory. But Florida at the beginning of the year is not Florida now. Florida at the beginning of the year was, a, was an offensive threat that you had to, like, contend with. And they were able to – I think it was an outdueling situation where they just beat them down. Because let's not forget, Florida gave up 35 to Ole Miss in the first game. 
was it the 35 or 37? They let Ole Miss go all over them like we did. I mean, obviously they played better defense than we did, but if you look at the basic stats of it, you know, their defense is slightly better than ours, except against LSU. Yeah. And I think this might have just been an off game for them. Yeah, we're talking about their marquee win. I guess if you look at the Alabama, that's a pretty good marquee loss, even though you lost by, I think, was it 20 or so? I mean, you're still – the fact that you hung 24 on the number one team in the country who nobody's been able to stop all year with that offense, I guess – I don't want to say that's an impressive loss because it's a lot of points, but maybe the committee looks at that and goes, I mean, they're Alabama. Hey, yeah, it's a good that loss. <laughs> so before we talk about championships, I actually wanted to ask you guys, like, how do you see everything playing out? Who do you think your final, final four are going to be in the playoffs? Because in my mind, Alabama is number one right now. Even if they lose the SEC championship yeah. game, I think they dropped to four. I think they still make it win or loss. I think that if Clemson loses, they're out. And if Notre Dame loses, it might be close for A&M jumping them. And then Um, Ohio State, I think, will probably make it unless their game gets canceled. Oh, sorry. And I don't see a Pac-12 team making it at all. Yeah, neither do I. So what I see right now is – Alabama's in it no matter what, because we have just been stellar this year. Um, I'm not going to sleep on Notre Dame here, because sure, they're like their marquee win is against Clemson, who had DJ Uyangalele at quarterback. But what people don't realize is that DJ Uyangalele is legit. He's actually the next big thing at quarterback. And he looked good in that game, but Travis Etienne got stopped almost completely. They had a middle a linebacker just headhunting him. They did. They were just headhunting ETN that whole game. So if Trevor Lawrence is going to have to come out there and play like full-on Trevor Lawrence, best game. Number one like, pick. Yeah, like long-flowing-haired, you know, hero on a white stallion kind of deal. He's going to have to go out there and show out. Um, if Notre Dame loses, I'd still put him in my top four. If Clemson loses – that's a 9-2 and two team. They're going to have to get dropped out. Now the question is, will the committee do that, or will they have mercy? Well, That thing, is a big question. One thing I'll say, too, though, is Clem- Notre Dame, it wasn't like a convincing win. They won by seven in overtime, right? And DJ played well. and But he did miss a lot of throws that I was like, Trevor Lawrence definitely would have completed yeah. that. Trevor Lawrence is going to give you – some like better numbers like i'm not that's not yeah. a knock on dj i mean he's a true freshman he played really well lawrence is gonna have more completions and maybe probably a couple more and not to too. take away from notre dame but i would argue trevor lawrence probably would have definitely got them at least three more points and then it wouldn't have even went to overtime yeah so true. i don't know and then, and then we also talked about their turnovers i think there's three turnovers and i don't know i just feel like this time around Dabo's going to have those guys more than ready to play. Also, didn't Notre Dame's coach, Clark Villa, just get hired for a head coaching job? Defensive coordinator or something? I have no idea. I'm sure, but you have that too, which might be um, a small bit of a distraction for them. I think my four teams, I'm not worried about Alabama, and I'm not worried about Ohio State. It, I think they're, they're locks right now just because Alabama's going to win against Florida, and even if they didn't, they'd still be in. 
And then Ohio State's going to win over Northwestern. And I think the committee is already fine with putting them in. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried about that, um, like that two and the three and how that's going to play out with Clemson and Notre Dame. Because like you talked about, if Clemson loses again, they're out. And then I guess yeah. A&M jumps in. But if Notre Dame, like, I mean, it's just like, it's kind of a cluster there. I don't think, I think Alabama is safe and I think Ohio State's safe. But I don't well, know about how that. I mean, as an Alabama fan, I definitely would rather play A&M than Clemson. So I don't want to play A&M again, though. Dude. I'd much rather play them than Clemson. I think if we play them again, we either beat them by more or beat them by the same amount. So I'm not really, for me, I would rather see, um, I don't know about six for a house, for Iowa State. I'd rather see somebody else play Alabama because I don't think I don't think A&M's going to give them – like, it's just a waste of a spot, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, that's fun by me, though. That's a free national championship run. Yeah, but I want, I want to, like – not You're a not close working. game, but I want I want to play, like, Ohio State, you know, because I know that'll battle test us, assuming we win the game, and we'll be really prepared for the national championship. And let's say we play Ohio State, we beat them, and then we beat Clemson. Like, that's that's pretty good. You're killing two birds with one stone there. I don't know. Notre Dame. Now, what if we do end up going against Notre Dame? And now that would be an interesting matchup for me because Travis Etienne was considered widely to be the best running back in college football for a while there, and they completely stifled him. Now, he did have a touchdown, but he still only managed 30-something yards on 18 19 carries, or yeah. 20 carries. And obviously Alabama's offense is built entirely around Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. Everything is set up by the run. You run the ball and then you play action, and that's why Mac Jones is so effective deep because the guy's freaking wide open because the sa- both safeties are always watching Najee. Well, if they've got a middle linebacker that's just headhunting Najee the whole time, is our offensive line going to be able to stop him, or is he going to be coming out the hole and just taking Najee's head off? Oh. And then what happens if that starts to occur? Well, I can answer this from personal experience because as a lifelong Minnesota Vikings fan, it's kind of happening right now. In um, in the NFL for us, Dalvin Cook kind of gets stuff, stuffed like every game for the first half or so, and then the defense gets tired. So I think the same thing will happen. Najee might get stuffed for a little bit, and then the defense will tire down. He'll get his. But even just the threat of having him opens up the passing game so much for Mac Jones. I mean, that's what they've made it like their money on. And also... Kirk Cousins of all people enlightened me of this, but there was numbers showing that like play action is still statistically better, even when the run game's not working at all. And that's kind of like what our what Alabama's offense does. So. Yeah, that, I mean that's the thing with Alabama is how are you going to stop us? You, you can load the box, you can stop Najee, but we still have all those weapons on offense. It's exactly. still have a strong offensive line, and we're getting Waddle back. Maybe. Maybe I thought I thought I saw that he was already ready to go. Devonte Smith posted no. a video of him in the locker room, like lining up at wide receiver, yeah, and he's then back. But that could mean like you know he's starting to get healthy. I mean, this is gonna sound bad, but do we really? We need. We don't really need him. He's a luxury at this point. So, yeah. do you guys want to talk about some championship games? We've been teasing it for a while, but we have, we have. We've so, the Pac-12 championship: Oregon versus USC, and I'm super disappointed. One of my good buddies goes to University of Washington, and they had to forfeit okay. because 
of a COVID outbreak, which of all the schools, he said that they've been taking it super seriously and he doesn't even know how the football team managed to get an outbreak. But yeah, the West disappointing because like stricter than any other region with the COVID. Yeah. So it's super disappointing to me because the Ducks have not impressed me this year at all. And, you know, they've won it the last two or three years now. And so I was excited for someone else to kind of step in. Kind of like when Ohio State was ineligible, I was super excited for Indiana because when have they, when's the last time they've had a shot and then they, like, changed the rules so that Ohio State was in it anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> changed the rules to allow Ohio State in. But I don't know. I'm not sold on the Trojans either. I'm, I'm going to pick the Ducks, honestly. That's, the Trojans yeah. have had two games that they should have lost. They yeah, absolutely should have lost. Here's the thing about Oregon. They have a couple losses, I think, where USC is yeah. undefeated. But if you look, you know, if you watch USC, even from the get-go, from their first game of the year against Arizona State, they barely won that game. They, they should have lost won, that game. They barely won the rest of their games. Um, Oregon, young, inexperienced, but still has a ton of talent. And they have Mario Cristobal as their head coach, who just signed a, an extension, a big contract, and I mean, he's a lot better of a coach than Clay Helton is. I just think um, Cristobal will have his guys ready for that game. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about how how well Oregon's played. I mean, they've been up and down, but when they've been on, they've been spot on. After losing all those guys that opted out, he still has that team focused. And it's unfortunate that Washington's not playing the Pac-12 championship. But I actually think that Oregon will give USC a better game and ultimately beat them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't USC still using their like three quarterback system or whatever yeah, it was have, that they ran? They have Keaton, or is that, Keaton that, Slovis that, is their quarterback? But okay, it's pretty much the Keaton Slovis. Um, was it Monroe St. Brown? Yeah, yeah. It's the Keaton Slovis and Monroe St. Brown show, and everybody else is just kind of there. What else is there? <laughs> Whereas Oregon cool. has an abundance of weapons. They have a really good running game. They always do. Oregon <laughs> is the epitome of a like a full court, you know, press, but offense and football, because all they do is they just go in a straight line. They got a bunch of shifty dudes that are quick. They send them out. They tell them to run a bunch of different routes. They just have the quarterback launch the ball. That's what they do. Oregon is so fun to watch always. I don't know if they still are this year. I haven't been able to watch them much, but you know, if no, they are a shade of what they were, sure. I think that they have a very real chance to beat this Trojan team that I, again, have heard nothing about. <laughs> So then we kind of posed the question here, too, was that assuming USC wins, can they jump their way into the college football playoffs? And I think absolutely not. They're already 13 right now. They're undefeated. They're not getting the same hype that Ohio State at, has at 5-0. and Like, Ohio State's the third team right now, right? And they're number three at 5-0. and USC's 13. And especially when you're only 5-0, and we talked about this before the season started. We said for a Pac-12 team to make it, they, uh, they had to be dominant through all of their games. Yeah, and USC and already messed clear up. Cut. And the problem with the Pac-12 is, I guess it's not a problem if you just are a fan of Pac-12 football, is that they're kind of beating up on each other. It seems like, I mean, every week they play each other. And I think it's it last week, Colorado was undefeated. And then they lost. And like anytime somebody gets ranked, the whoever they play the following week just ends up beating them. And so it's like there's no clear-cut winner except, I guess, USC right now. But they're going to have their hands full with Oregon. The team that should leapfrog their way in 
to the college football playoff are the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. I would love that. I, I will that never too. say that. I will never stop saying that, I should say, because I want 11-0. You can't argue with results. Cincinnati true, or Coastal Carolina, those guys deserve a shot. Come on. I'm if fine UCF if didn't make it. Oh, dude, look, all I got if if we're even discussing the possibility of the Trojans making their way in, we have to consider Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati. Because both of those teams are undefeated and they beat Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers beat a very legitimate BYU team. A very good team. I'm just saying that's a very quality win. I feel like they should have gone up more by that. So do I, and they they've just been disrespected all year. To be honest with you, like they have a pretty impressive uh, resume, and they just they can't even crack the top ten. And um, to be honest with you, I really am just rooting for chaos. Like I want for yes A and M to lose this week or A and M to look horrible against um, Tennessee, and I just want there to be chaos. I want the committee to have to. Make a tough decision. Make some tough choices here. Can't wait for, you know, the situation in which case Alabama, God forbid, loses to Florida. Florida then gets in, but drops out Clemson or Notre Dame so that we play Florida again at our rematch. Oh, my gosh. That would be insane. (laughs) So um, the next – championship that we have on our little handy dandy list is the big 10 championship number four ohio state versus number 14 northwestern i'm still salty about this one do i think that ohio state is the best team in the big 10 absolutely i don't think you can argue that but they literally went in and changed the rules that they had laid out like seven or eight weeks ago or how long just so ohio state could make the big 10 championship you know it's like what's the point of the rules if you're going to change them just to let them in. Yeah. I mean, they established the rules clearly, but they were like, well, we yeah, only we have one the- really, truly legitimate team here. So it's just kind of, you know, dig a, dig, dig a little trench around this one to go ahead and let Ohio state get in there. Cause they're the one, they're the ones that have the best shot here. Well, that's not even the, the biggest issue with this game is has been reports today that, um, Ohio State is dealing with some COVID issues. They've had a couple players, um, I guess, either test positive or come in close contact tracing. Um, it was reported that one of them was a receiver. There's a lot of um, reports going on. Did we lose Tyler? Yeah, we, it seems as though we've lost Tyler. So for the time being, we're going to go ahead and continue the show just to go ahead and give him a chance to, to get back in here. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Ohio uh, State yeah. is – dealing with some COVID issues, so I mean, the game is on Saturday. It's Thursday night. I guess we'll see how they're going to handle that. I mean, they handled it pretty well against Michigan State, but I don't know. I mean, hopefully they get to play this game because then people would absolutely love that if they couldn't play because people have been arguing the last couple of weeks, oh, they don't deserve to be in, they don't deserve to be in, and that would completely knock them out. There he is. Hey, he's back. Tyler had to be dramatic. Yep. We can't hear him right now. Oh, we can't hear him. His mic has switched again. (laughs) (laughs) So for full disclosure, before the show, we were having some microphone issues, and it appears as though those have continued. (laughs) 
Yeah, and we were working out the kinks too for this. This is our first time on a sportscaster and it's a lot of things we like on here, but we obviously are new, so we got to figure out the issues. Well, in that case, I feel like we should go ahead and continue the show while Tyler gets his microphone situation figured out. Um, Ohio State versus Northwestern. We've talked about the preface to the game. Now let's talk about the game itself. Assuming it continues, does Northwestern actually have a chance? No shot. You, you think they've got no chance? You, you like Justin Fields that much? Unless Justin Fields is one of those players who has COVID and won't be able to play in that game. And even then, I mean, it's still Ohio State. They have so many athletes. They've been playing well. People were doubting them. They shut up Michigan State um, last week. And if any teams can be motivated to prove the country wrong and solidify their spot at number four, it's going to be Ohio State with Coach Ryan Day. and They just have so much talent. Ohio State is so good. They've got – if I remember correctly, their defense is also pretty good. Yeah, they're they're kind of similar to us. Maybe defense isn't as great. They've got uh, – Sean Wade's a phenomenal corner. They've got great linebackers, a lot of young players, um, very young players, but they're still incredibly talented. And I don't think Northwestern's all that great. They were ranked eight for whatever reason. Then they lost to Wisconsin, I believe, the next week. And they just – I have no idea why – it makes no sense to me why they're even ranked in the top 15. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I don't think – I mean, I mean the, the spread for this game, I think, is, what, 20? I'm not sure what the – I'm not sure what the betting is on this one because hey. I am – Hey, all right. Not we got the right working again. But, yes, as I was saying, Northwestern's defense at the start of the year – was elite. I can understand completely why they are still ranked in the top 15 because based upon how they were playing very early on, they looked very good and they looked elite. I think at one point they had the number one defense in the entire country, if memory serves. And they were just locking down any team they played. Like yeah. it was brutal. It was awesome. It was, it was impressive because we haven't seen a team play like that in a while. They beat Maryland forty-three to three in their opener. Yeah, <laughs> but Maryland's been off and on, and also like super off because half of their games have been canceled due to COVID. But yeah, I mean their only losses to Michigan State two weeks ago, which is interesting because Michigan State has been, again another off and on team. That seems like the whole Big Ten to me. Everyone but like Ohio State, Northwestern, and maybe Indiana and Iowa. Like, all the other teams have just been really good some weeks and really bad most other weeks. Yeah. Well, they have, like, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, then you have, like, Rutgers and Michigan that have been bad pretty much every week this year. I just think it's funny. You're like, they lost to Michigan State, who Ohio State just destroyed. Yeah. And so it makes me wonder how bad they're going to – I mean, they're going to have their foot on the gas. They're going to be trying to score as many points as they can just because – like I keep talking about, um, people are doubting them as to why they have a playoff spot in the first place. So, the Big 12 championship, number 10, Oklahoma, versus number 6, Iowa State. Interesting that the Iowa State's number 6. I think there should be some other teams ahead of them, personally. With two losses. Yeah. Spencer Rattler, in his first year's actual starting quarterback, has been... It's been okay. 24 yeah. touchdowns, 7 picks, 82 QBR. 
It's not it's, horrible. In the games that he win, they win. He looks good, but the games that they lose, it's like on him. Like he plays yeah, really for bad sure. in the games that they lose. I think that it's really interesting to see Lincoln Riley actually have a quarterback that he recruited instead of a transfer. <laughs> Cause I think the past like three or four seasons where they played well, they had a grad transfer from a different school, Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. Although all three of his graduate transfer quarterbacks are starting in NFL now. Yeah. So that's pretty impressive. Like, I mean, you got Kyler Murray good. and the Cardinals facing off against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. So he didn't develop those guys, but that's still that's pretty impressive. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that from one school having guys playing all at the same time, all young guys too. So who do you think is going to win between Oklahoma and Ohio, or Iowa State? I think I'm going I, Oklahoma. Ooh, really? Go ahead. I'm going go ahead. Iowa State just because they've got um, an incredible running game. Uh, Brees Hall is a running back. He's got 1,300 yards, 17 touchdowns. He averages six yards to carry. Uh, people talk a lot about Najee Harris and Chuba Hubbard, but I think this guy is ultimately – and it had a way better year than Chuba did. And then they've got Brock Purdy at quarterback, who's pretty solid. And I just think they have more experience than Oklahoma does. I know Oklahoma – has Lincoln Riley and they've been there before, but Spencer Rattler's up and down. He's been up lately, but Iowa State also has a pretty pretty solid defense. So I'm definitely taking Iowa State in this game. Uh, see, I'm taking Oklahoma, and I'll tell you why. And like two, both of their two losses, right, came in weeks two and three. They did lose to Iowa State. They played them. They lost by seven. Since then, they've gone undefeated, and have beaten ranked Texas scored 53 I mean they gave up a lot of points they scored 62 against Texas Tech they beat number 21 Oklahoma State 41 to 13 two weeks ago so I think that recently they've been on the upswing I mean they dropped 62 against Kansas as well and yeah they're putting up lots of points on bad teams but when they were still figuring things out when they were one and two they lost by seven to Iowa State they figured things out now. I think that they're going to put up a much better fight, and I think they're going to come away with a win. I also think that Oklahoma's going to win this one. I'm taking the hot hand. Come here. on, guys. I'm t- I got to take the hot hand because so typically, you know, when things get off to a, a rough start like they did, because Rattler's young, he's kind of new to uh, Lincoln Riley's system, and I don't think there were no OTAs this year. So there's no spring training, none of that. I think that Oklahoma has now got it figured out. I think that they are riding high right now, and I don't know if there's going to be many defenses that can handle Oklahoma. I think they're going to boat race (laughs) Iowa State here. I think it's going to be Iowa State is going to come in there thinking, yeah, you know, we're number six. You know, these guys are number 10. They started off rough. They might be a little bit of a challenge, but we got them. I think Oklahoma is going to come out there and shock everyone. Wow, Shocked I guess I'm the, the lone wolf here. Man, it is what it is. Sunbelt Conference, very exciting championship. Number 19. Uh, we talked about the Chanticleers. Oh, yeah. Coastal Carolina, baby. Coastal Carolina. So it looks like we've lost Tyler again, so I'll take over from here for him. Night Number 19, Louisiana Lafayette versus number 13, Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers. The question is, can Coastal Carolina build the momentum that they have been or build on the momentum that they have been working on so far? 
and enter into next season rip raring and ready to go? That's my question to you. Can they do it? I think they can. We talked about it earlier. Um, Jamie Chadwell, head coach, just signed a contract through 2027, I believe. Um, they'll still have their true freshman quarterback, Grayson McCall, who's had a pretty solid year. Um, I think they can. I think, I mean, they'll get better at recruiting because people will see their success this year and all the fun that they've had and you know, that culture they've established with the mullets. And if you're a young guy who maybe isn't highly recruited but is still a pretty solid athlete, that's a school you're going to want to go to because, you know, they're going to be in the spotlight. They're going to have fun. They're well coached. And then they have a good quarterback. Yeah. I am excited to watch Coastal Carolina going forward. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be exciting. You know, they're going to be a team that's that should be ranked relatively high at the start of next year. And I feel like they're going to deserve it. It's going to be awesome. So now – Clemson versus Notre Dame, the ACC championship. What do you got on this one? Who do you think is going to come away with this win? I've been going back and forth on this game. I know we talked about it a lot earlier. We didn't talk about like who we actually thought was going to win the game. I think Clemson wins the game by a pretty substantial margin. I say Clemson by 14 points. I just think they're going to come out firing on all cylinders. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have his – not Heisman moment because he's not. I don't think he's not in the conversation Heisman, for Heisman, but, but like his his moment for I guess securing the number one draft pick to show why everybody's falling in love with him. I think he's going to do well, and I think the mistakes that they made, such as turning the ball over against Notre Dame, I think they're going to tighten that up. Um, they won't have any turnovers, and then I think they're just going to completely out scheme Notre Dame with Brett Venables and Dabo Sweeney. Yeah, like I said before, I mean, DJ is the future, right? But he missed a lot of throws that Trevor Lawrence ain't missing. And so I think that Trevor Lawrence being back in there puts them up enough that, you know, they won't have to worry about going to overtime. They won't have to worry about, you know, whatever. Ian Book might be able to play his way into a decent draft selection, which would be kind of cool. I've always liked Ian Book. seems like he's been at Notre Dame forever. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) He has, but he's been playing pretty well this year. I mean, he's decently mobile and decently accurate. I think. But is being decently mobile and decently accurate and being a decent quarterback, is that going to get the job done against Clemson (sighs) twice? I don't think it it got the job done the first time, and this is still the same defense. Well, you know, they need to, their D line has to play better. You know, I think the running back for Notre Dame had. He had a monster game. I don't have the stat line pulled up right now. But if yeah. they can shut him out and put all the pressure on Ian Book, Clemson has a decent secondary. The problem was when they played the first time, I think that their secondary and their defensive line were just completely all out of sorts. And so that's why they ended up putting up 47 points. I think Notre Dame's going to come out here and pop Clemson in the mouth is what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to hit they're him hard. The opposite. I think, I'm, gonna I think they're going to hit him hard early. And Clemson's going to still be reeling. And I think that Notre Dame's going to build an early lead, which Clemson will begin to chip away at. But I think that Notre Dame's going to hold on for a win. That's so funny because I think the exact opposite. I think Notre Dame – or I think Clemson's going to jump out to a, a pretty solid lead, um, punching Notre Dame in the mouth, and then Notre Dame's going to regroup and make it closer. So It's possible. I'm excited. Regardless, I think it's going to be fun to watch. 
Um, should we, real quick before we go, should we go ahead and preview the Alabama-Florida game? Oh, I think we definitely should do actually, that. Actually, real quick, I've been dropping in and out, so I don't know if you've mentioned it. My internet's really bad. I apologize about that. But bigger than Trevor Lawrence missing the game, I think Clemson had three defensive starters, including two linebackers and a defensive tackle, missed the game as well. And mm-hmm. those were their three run stoppers. And Notre Dame, right, they ran the ball all over them. I don't think they're going to be able to do that nearly as well again just because, you know, Clemson's actually returning their run-stopping talent. So so who are you picking, Tyler? I'm picking sure. I think that, you know, their defense will be better. They're not going to give up as many points. And then Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be – like I said, he's not super – like super better than DJ. I mean, okay, excuse me. I, I've, I've misspoke. He is super better than DJ. But okay. the drop off between him and DJ was a lot less than the drop off between the defensive starters and like the other defenders. So I think he's going to have less of an impact, which is weird to say as the quarterback position. But I still think he's definitely going to shift the game in Clemson's favor. So you think Clemson's going to win because of defense instead of offense? Yes. I think their defense is going to step up enough that they're not going to give up 37 to Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't think Brent Venables is going to get fooled like that two two times. Anyway. All right. Let's go ahead and quickly preview Last, Alabama. Certainly not least. Alabama versus Florida. Let's one we're take all excited it for. I'm very excited for this. I think Alabama is going to win that game 52-39. to 39. I mean, Alabama's defense has been playing better and better throughout the year. Got to give, give some credit to Pete Golding. You know, he's kind of the, the target oh. of a lot of buyer. But for good reason, especially for me. Recently. They have stepped up recently, and it has been impressive. But at the end of the day, I still feel like there's a reason why Kyle Trask was in the Heisman conversation. And isn't he getting Pitts back? Yeah, yeah they'll have Pitts back next week. So there, he's going to have all of his arsenal of weapons. He's going to have his two-touchdown-a-game guy. He's just going to go vertical. And we're going to have – it's going to be a bit of a, a gun show initially where I don't think we're going to be able to stop them until the second half. Really, it's for sure. I, I believe, be a shooter, I believe I think, that, but I don't think that Florida will be able to stop Alabama like consistently all game. They couldn't stop sure. LSU think... with a true freshman at quarterback. They're not stopping Mac Jones and Najee Harris, Devontae Smith. Sure, I think that Florida. Like, here's the thing. I believe that it might happen slightly beforehand. I think that, and let me explain what that means. I think that Alabama might go down initially. I think we might go down by a score or two. But I think that in the end, Alabama is just going to rev it up and be like, even if like it's a close game in the set, like if it is a close game going into halftime, I'm taking Alabama by 20. <laughs> because our Georgia. second half performances are so good. I mean, we were losing against Georgia going into half as well. Mm-hmm. And, then- and we I whooped do, them. I do agree with you, regardless of how LSU looked, or not LSU, excuse me, Florida looked last week against LSU. We'll have Kyle Pitts back this week. They're going to be pretty pissed off about that loss and potentially not even being in the playoffs anymore where they were fighting. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, I think Pete Golding will be a close game for the first half. I think Pete Golding will have his hands full the first couple quarters. They'll make some halftime adjustments, and then Alabama will pull away. If I had to give a score, I'd probably say 52-17. to 17. Um, but, I mean, I just think so Alabama's one- offense is too much. 
one particular thing too that is really important is that Christian Harris, Dick Buckus, uh, semifinalist award winner for Alabama, uh, got hurt on the first play of the game against Arkansas last week. I don't know if they've ruled him out or in yet for the game, but he would be. He's been stepping up with Dylan Moses back, and he's been—I mean—he's been better than Dylan Moses this year. Dylan Moses hasn't been great, but I think he's been practicing this week. They're still not 100% sure if he'll play, but he's looks good. And I also heard today that um, this week Alabama's practice has just been like one of the most intense, like one of the best weeks that um, people have seen like in years. So they're ramped up. And well, they want game. it. They want it. I they want, want it this too. One. I want it bad, man. I want it bad. <laughs> no matter what happens, it's going to be an exciting game, I think. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to say? Oh, actually, right. one thing that I was thinking about. Shutting down Kyle Pitts, right? Mm-hmm. I think that if you're the Alabama Crimson Tide, you have to look to the NFL, specifically the Los Angeles Rams, for their matchup against the 49ers. I don't know if you guys saw that game. Oh, when it but comes to the they put Jalen Ramsey on George Kittle all game. So the shadow you George should, Kittle. You should put Sertain on. That is what I'm suggesting. Because I Sertain's not a small corner. That. Yeah, Sertain's not a small corner, and he's also fast enough to keep up with Kyle Pitts. I think that, you know, Kadarius Tony's good, but I think Kyle Pitts is a lot more of a threat than Kadarius Tony. I think you put your best cover guy on Kyle Pitts, and then try to let Josh Job and um, any other the cornerbacks basically try to. I don't think you shadow Tony with anyone. I think just whatever he lines up, you cover him. But I think you might want to shadow Kyle Pitts with Patrick Sertain. That's all I was thinking about. I've... I think you either put – I think you do a combo. I think you – on most plays, you put – like, you know, like probably 60% of plays you put Sertain on Pitts. I think the other 40, you put Malachi Moore on him because yeah. Malachi Moore is a he, – he's very physical. And if Kyle Pitts is not, you know, big – like he's big, obviously, but is he strong? We don't know. And he might be skinny strong, but – at the end of the day, Malachi Moore might be able to rough him up a little bit and get inside of his head. I think if we can yeah. throw him off his mental game with like a couple possessions here and there, just throw Malachi Moore in there, have him try and bully him or whatnot, I think that you might be able to try and get inside his head. Malachi Moore has like had like 380 snaps in coverage or something like that this year and hasn't given up a single touchdown. Pretty good. Yeah. That is pretty good. Well, we got those games going on Saturday. Very exciting. Uh, hopefully, we'll like, get the job done against Florida. We'll see who's right with our predictions on Iowa State, Oklahoma, <laughs> and Clemson, Notre Dame, too. Probably very close games, depending on how you look at it. But episode 14 of Super Sports Flash. Um, yeah. This has been fun, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. This has been, as Joe said, episode 14 of the Super Sports Flash. We will see you all. Next week. All right. Yep. Bye. Sorry. My internet sucks.
Hey, Washington, D.C., spring is almost here, and now's the perfect time to get a healthy, pest-free lawn with your local experts at True Green, America's number one lawn care company. True Green's science-based approach will help give your lawn the year-round care it needs to be thick and weed-free. Go to TrueGreen.com radio to save 50% on your first service. Just call 877-461-0681 or go to TrueGreen.com radio today and get a lawn to be proud of. Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. 